It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy, Barry Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. Monday edition of Locked On Rams. Let's rephrase that. Victory Monday edition is back and is in full effect. The Rams completed a week one victory out in Carolina. Again, I want to welcome everybody into the Victory Monday edition. Locked On Rams, your team. Every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We got another great episode for you guys today. We are going to break down the game from Sunday. We're going to talk about Todd Gurley. We're going to talk about Jared Goff, the big money extensions, including Tyler Higby, how the performances went. We're going to take a look at the defense as well. It wasn't pretty, but in week one, a win's a win. Taking a closer look, there's definitely questions. Was Todd Gurley the best back on Sunday? How would these young linebackers play? What would the newcomer's role be in week one? Now your Lockdown Rams lead story. I'm Bear Motter and the Rams hung on for a victory in Carolina, 30 to 27. Coming into this game, no key starters played in the preseason, so there were a lot of questions on how it was going to go. Todd Gurley looked iffy at best at the beginning of the game. Malcolm Brown outshined him in his first couple drives. He ended up rushing 11 times for 53 yards, including two touchdowns. It was pretty clear by the end of the game that Todd Gurley was not going to be the red zone threat that he was of last year. Malcolm Brown took those responsibilities, including Daryl Henderson jumped in near the end of the game in a red zone opportunity. Later, it was thrown in by Jared Goff for his first touchdown of the game. Goff, by the way, went 23 of 39, 186 yards, one touchdown, one interception, coming off that big $110 million guaranteed contract. Didn't perform great, but also... Didn't perform poor enough to lose this game. Back to Gurley. He went 14 carries for 97 yards. Really seemed to turn it up in the second half. In the fourth quarter, Gurley took four straight plays and put 41 yards up on the board. He did have a couple miscues. He had a fumble early on the game, which we recovered. And then he also bobbled a pitch, which hit the ground. Again, both were recovered by the Rams. But miscues, as far as handling the ball, were pretty obvious in this first game. As you take a look at the way the Rams managed their running backs, early in the game, it looked like they were going every other series. Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown. Later in the game, they started to switch off play-by-play or within the same drive. But I gotta say... Very, very impressed with what Malcolm Brown was able to do. Early in the game, when Todd Gurley couldn't get the ball moving on the ground, Malcolm Brown came in, picked up some big chunk plays to move the ball. Brown's biggest contribution probably came in a 75-yard drive that was capped off by a touchdown by Brown in the third quarter. Again, that was his second of the day, so if you got him in fantasy, you feel pretty good, but I guarantee he was on your bench. Looking down the rest of the offense, Robert Woods was the man of consistency on Sunday. Eight catches, 70 yards. On 13 targets, Cooper Cup, wow, was it good to see him back. He had four catches in the first drive. He ended up with seven catches, 46 yards, 10 targets. It was good for Jared Goff to have him back. He went to him a lot. Brandon Cooks, 
Eh, not so much. Two catches, 39 yards on six targets. Couldn't seem to really get going. Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett contributed for five catches on six targets. Four of those catches came from Tyler Higby, including that touchdown pass from Goff in the third quarter. But really, for me, the unit that stole the show today was the defense. Corey Littleton had an amazing game. A lot of talk about him. Is he able to mature, continue to take steps in his development at middle linebacker? He had 14 total tackles, eight solo. He had a punch-out fumble, which he recovered, as well as a late interception in the game that kind of helped seal this win. John Johnson was next in tackles, had 11 Six solo, also one tackle for loss. A lot of questions about these edge defenders for the Rams. Clay Matthews and Dante Fowler pitched in for three sacks. Dante Fowler had two of those. They looked good. Dante Fowler continued to put pressure on the quarterback throughout the game, made Cam Newton uncomfortable. The secondary didn't look great in this game, but again, bend but don't break. They gave up some yards, but came up big as a unit when needed. Stepping back and looking at this game as a whole, the Rams seemed to be in control most of the game, but there were times where they just couldn't close it out, including a missed field goal from Greg Zerline. Although he did go three for four and pitched in 12 points, much needed 12 points, he did miss a field goal late. Sean McVay had some questionable timeouts at the end of the first half. There were definitely some things that need to be fixed for the Rams, but taking a look at it, not playing in the preseason, going across the country and playing a pretty good team in the Carolina Panthers and coming away with a win. You got to say, all in all, at the end of the day, the Rams must be happy with a 1-0 start coming out of week one. All right, we are off and running on Monday edition, Victory Monday. Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're going to start to dive a little bit deeper into this game in the second and third segment. Well, it's Monday as you guys are listening to this. I'm sure it's been a long day at work or you've been stuck in the office all day. We'll open up the DoorDash app, choose whatever you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of 15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. While we're talking great deals for you guys, we all love a great night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or going to a Rams game on Sunday night. Well, with the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program, you can attend that concert or show or game and earn credit towards your next live event or game. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events. If you want to go, you can sort by price. You can look at the seats in the section or the rows that you prefer all on the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows you to earn points and credit back. Go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled into the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games. And the hottest theater shows in town, Vivid Seats has it all. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter pro kickoff at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. We'll be right back with Monday edition of Lockdown Rams. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Lockdown Podcast Network. 
Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Rams Nation, second segment, Locked On Rams, Monday edition. Your team every day, only on Locked On Podcast Network. Don't forget, go give us a follow. LA underscore Rambling Bears, the personal. Locked On Rams on all accounts is the show. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, Himalaya. Hit the subscribe button. We're going to be here all season long, five days a week, breaking down every single game, talking about upcoming matchups, covering it all. We got two segments left. We're going to do a little bit of offense. We're going to a little bit, do a little bit of defense. We're going to talk about some of the things that were some of our big concerns coming into this game. I am recording live out in Palm Springs. It was my girlfriend's birthday over the weekend. We had a great time, even though it is hot, hot, hot out here. It was 109 degrees today. It's a dry heat. Yeah, right. It's hot. So I am in the bathroom of our hotel throwing it down because that's what we do five days a week, man. I got to bring you... A Victory Monday podcast, and I was not going to miss this one. So apologies if the sound isn't up to par. It'll do. But back to the game, we will start on the offensive side of the ball. And we kind of recapped in the first segment some of the big stats, right? Todd Gurley and the running backs. We talked about the wide receivers. But let's talk about this O-line. Something we talked about all offseason. We had two brand new starters in Joe Noteboom, Brian Allen, Questions about depth, what's going to happen behind them, all that. Well, we didn't need depth, right? Those guys, those five starters played the entire game. And for the most part, play, played okay. Jared Goff only got sacked once. We rushed 32 times for 166 yards and two touchdowns. So if you zoom out on that, you got to take some good stuff away. But of course, there were some times where the play didn't look as dominant, right? We couldn't move the pile as much as we would have liked to. There was a handful of times when Jared Goff was getting pressure in his face, and that was due to... Uh, Brian Allen, even in a couple of replays, you saw him on his knees turning backwards, looking back at the quarterback and doing the old-fashioned lookout block, just screaming from his knees, look out! I thought Joe Noboom played well. I thought Havenstein played really well. That running, if anything, was coming productive. It seemed to be on that right side. So Rob seemed to have a really good game over there. Obviously, Andrew Whitworth, we know what we're getting from him. But as a unit, I feel okay about it. wasn't anything that... Uh, I'm going to write home and say this is worrying me 100%. But it also wasn't where you're going in the locker room and giving a game ball to the O-line because they move people all around the whole game. We're going to need to lean on that O-line a little bit more throughout the season. But again, game one, you got to think back to last year. Came out slow against Oakland, turned it on in the second half, closed them out, and kind of built momentum off that. This is the first game for these guys seeing live action all together. Yes, we've had some crossover practices and McVay talked about that leading into this, is that that was a big part for them to get ready for the season. But you got to go play football, and you got to play against a different team. You got to be strapped up. You got to be ready to roll. So this was the first taste for these guys, and you expect to be a little slow. Going back to Jared Goff, 23 of 39, 186 yards. 
he missed some wide open targets, uh, especially on third down. He had a couple third, third and six, third and sevens. He had Robert Woods open a few times where he just missed him. Those are things that Jared Goff's going to have to clean up throughout the season because come down the stretch when you're in important games, you got to pick up that third down. You miss a wide open Robert Woods or Cooper Cup. That's going to really hurt us in a big game. And speaking of big games, we got one coming in next week with the Saints coming into the Coliseum. But man, was it good to see Cooper Cup back. I know I said it in the first segment, but I got to say it again. Four catches in the first drive. He ended with seven, but he had a couple of those third and cups that we're used to where it was third and short. He went right to Cooper Cup. The safety net was back. Ten targets for Cup put him second on the team, only behind Robert Woods. But you could just tell his presence out there meant a lot to Jared Goff. He felt comfortable. Tyler Higby, the same thing, came in with those four catches and the touchdown. But on offense, the story's really got to be the running backs because Malcolm Brown looked good, as I mentioned in the first segment. Almost at times looked better than Todd Gurley. But you want to continue to see Todd Gurley get more of the action. 14 carries compared to Malcolm Brown's 11. I think we're on the right track as far as the share total. I think I'd maybe like to see a little bit more in Gurley. But overall, 32 rushes. If we're going to be giving Malcolm Brown 11, I think we need to crank that up to about 40, 42 touches total. Jared Goff threw the ball 39 times. Not terribly high, but a little bit higher than you probably want him, especially when he's only completing 23 passes. I think the big thing for the Rams, really, as you step back and take a look at the offense as a whole, is coming down and finishing drives. There were times where the Rams really got out and started a drive, picked up a couple first downs, and then just kind of sputtered out and couldn't get it going. I'm not saying they have to go 75, 80, 90 yards every drive, but to get their offense back where it was last year, even though we still scored 30 points, you don't want to have to lean on your kicker for four kicks. Remember, Greg Zerline did go three for four. He had the miss late in the game, which kind of got us a little nervous, but he had a long of 56. He had another 40-plus yarder, so he did his job. But I want to start to see these Rams convert those opportunities to touchdowns, right? I mean, that makes sense for all of us. One of those kicks, the 56-yarder, really that goes to Greg as far as the Rams getting us in position and Greg finishing it with some points. Another thing I really liked was coming out of the second half, although it was only a field goal, they marched down the field, picked up some points right away. The Rams went to the break up 10. That was another thing that we looked for from this offense was coming out early and getting a lead. They took that lead into half, although they did give the cheeky three points right at the end of the half. That was McVay calling some timeouts, trying to be aggressive. It kind of backfired. It kind of gave Carolina some extra timeouts in a sense. They moved the football down the field, put up a field goal before the half. I don't blame McVay too much on that. I know he kind of got ridiculed online and people saying, what are you doing? You're helping him out. But he's being aggressive. It didn't work out that time. And the nice thing for the Rams in the second half is they were able to keep pace with Carolina, right? We built that lead. Carolina came back in the second half with 24 points. The Rams were able to muster up 17. They were every time that Carolina came and made a big play, the Rams turned around, went down the field and put up points. So that was one thing I liked about this team was they were able to take a punch in the mouth and come back with a punch of their own, continuing to put pressure on the Panthers throughout the game, making them make the big play. It wasn't Cam Newton's day at all. He went 25 of 38, 239 yards, no touchdowns. He seemed to be bothered from the beginning. If it wasn't for Christian McCaffrey, this game probably would have been a blowout. But the Rams held it together. The other thing that we got to mention, we don't get to leave a segment for these guys, but the special teams looked a little rough. Johnny Hecker had a couple booming punts, a 68-yarder. He also had one blocked. Greg Zerline had the missed field goal. Not typically the type of special teams play we see from the Rams. 
They just look sloppy, but again, going back to the opening game, week one on the road, early start, there's a lot of factors to where this team was just off by a second. We need to get that timing back together. This unit is usually the strong go-to part of the team where you can rely. Hey, we're sending out the kicking unit. They're gonna get the job done. Wasn't the case. They didn't blow the game for us, but there was definitely some opportunities where they let the Panthers, whether that was better field position or setting them up with the block punt, I'm sure Bones is going to look at the tape, just like Sean McVay, clean this up. We should expect better from the special teams, but they had a rough day out there. All right, with that said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump over, take a quick break. We're going to come back third segment. We're going to talk about the defense. We're going to close this thing out. Victory Monday, man. Keep your heads up. 30, 27 Rams. We'll be right back after this. Before we kick over to the next segment, guys, we got to talk about some sex. And I'm not just talking about regular old boring sex. I'm talking about that good, good, that good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. It's this easy. You got to go to bluechew.com. That's right. Like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day, night. Full stomach, empty stomach, it doesn't matter. They're chewable, so they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Pun intended. Again, it isn't just for the guys who can't perform. We talked about this. This is for any guy who needs that extra little boost to get across the end zone in the bedroom. We're talking, I made the joke about the Rams only scoring three points in the Super Bowl. Well, well, we only mustered up three points again, so these guys must not be taking the blue chew. We got to get our second and third string some blue chew pills right away because, again, this performance is going to go up instantly. You're going to tell the difference right away. And right now, we've got a special offer just for our listener. Visit bluechew.com. Get your first shipment for free when using the promo code LOCKEDON. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping. Again, bluechew.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We'll be right back, Tuesday edition Lockdown Rams, right after this. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, third and final segment, Lockdown Rams, Victory Monday. I'm your host, Bear Motter. Don't forget to give me a follow, LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter, Lockdown Rams, all accounts. You know where to find us. Victory Monday, just kind of recapping the game, talking a little bit about the stats, how it breaks down position by position, offense, defense, special teams, how this thing came to the finish. We talked about it throughout the show, but really just a resilient win for the Rams. They jumped up early. 
Panthers came fighting back. There were multiple chances where the Rams looked like they were trying to give this one away, but continue to make big plays throughout the game. As we talk about those big plays, most of them came from the defense side of the ball. As far as impactful, must-need, step-it-up type of plays, and a lot of those came from Corey Littleton. There was a lot of talk about him at the linebacker position, even last year. Had a great year in his first year at the middle linebacker position this year. But people kind of throughout the offseason, me included at a certain time, were saying, how can we upgrade this position? Especially as we were looking at Micah Kaiser, looking at that other interior linebacker position that went to Bryce Hager. Hager ended up with four tackles, one solo. But there was questions about Littleton. Can he be the guy still in the middle? Do we need an upgrade there? And he came out and balled out. Yes, he's still not the best in pass coverage, even though he did have one pass that was deflected right down into McCaffrey's arm, ended up going for like six or seven yards. It was like, come on, that was a great play. Later in the game, he had a peanut Tillman peanut punch where he straight balled up his fist and punched through the ball, popped it right out, then tracked it down, picked it up, and started to look to take to the house. Obviously, he didn't get all the way there, but it was a great play, a big turnover early in the game. His second turnover was an interception later in the game. It was a great read. He was supposed to have the running back coming out of the backfield. He read the eyes of Cam Newton, knew he wasn't going for a dump down, and basically came off his man, shifted over to the left. You're talking about maybe not being the best in coverage, but that showed right there of what his potential really could be in coverage. Made the pick, Turned it upfield. That's always the one thing I like about Corey Littleton, even looking back last year, is when he's getting the ball in his hands, he's looking to score. So for giving away game balls, Corey Littleton definitely has got to get one. There was a scary moment during the game for the defense. Eric Weddle took a knee to the head. Christian McCaffrey looked to kind of do the old Todd Gurley leap over. Eric Weddle had his head down, going for the tackle. Need a helmet. You're thinking right away, oh man, it's not good. It's a concussion. It got a little bit worse as he was down on the field for a little bit. They pulled off the helmet, and he looked like a UFC fighter. He had blood all over his face. He didn't return to the game. The Rams called it a laceration to the head. We're still waiting on a full update from Weddle, even though that he stood up during the open locker room when there were reporters in there, and he kind of announced really to nobody but just out loud that he was fine and he'll be back next week. He still will go into concussion protocol. We'll see if he can pass that, but all signs from Eric Weddle is that he's going to be okay. He actually was tweeting with about 10 minutes left in the game and kind of updating everybody and saying, hey, I'm okay. I'll be okay. Don't worry about me. Let's go get this dub. They got the dub. Taylor Rapp and Marquise Christian stepped in for Weddle while he was injured. They put together 13 total tackles. Again, we talked about the secondary. It wasn't their best of performances. The old bend but don't break Rams. They came up big while they needed it. Hopefully we get Eric Weddle back because he is that leader of that defense. But it was a nice job by this unit all together. Really kind of hitting that extra gear when needed. Clay Matthews went on the board with a sack early in the game. We talked about Dante Fowler. Incredible game. Two sacks. Bunch of pressures. Can't wait to see some of these stats come out from Pro Football Focus on the numbers that he was able to deliver. He seemed to be all over Cam Newton all game. There were a couple breakdowns in coverage. If Cam Newton was on, Nikel Roby Coleman got burnt on one. That kind of was, there was a throw over the sideline to the right sideline. Uh, Cam just overthrew the guy. That was late in the fourth quarter. Could have been dangerous type of positioning for them to get into a scoring position, uh, except it wasn't hit. So we got to clean up some things in the secondary. But again, Aaron Donald in this game, very, very quiet. They had multiple people on Aaron Donald all game. He only registered one tackle. But again, last year, we didn't see much action from him till week four. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying we're going to expect that this year, 
but they are putting two or three guys over there. They're making it tough for him. So expect Aaron Donald to break out here soon. It just wasn't his day on Sunday. John Johnson III added 11 tackles. Want to give him a shout out. Had one for loss. Went up there, stuck his helmet in there, made a play aggressive safety coming in and making plays. That's what we need. John Johnson definitely stepped up after Eric Weddle left with that injury. But again, if you look at these three phases, there was definitely room for improvement in all three phases, but these guys stepped up when they needed to, made plays when they needed to. 30 to 27, this one was close, but a win is a win. The Rams are 1-0. They come back to LA. Next up, the New Orleans Saints. I'm sure that's not gonna be an exciting week at all as we get ready for that rematch of the NFC Championship. They've been talking for a while. We've been talking for a while. It's time to throw it down in the Coliseum. Can't wait for that game. We're going to be talking about it all week. We'll continue to break down this game a little bit over the next couple of days. I'm hoping to have JB Long on tomorrow if they have the Coach McVay show. We will call him in after the Sean McVay show as he is driving home. Hopefully we'll get some good insight from him and the head coach. So we've got that show to look forward to tomorrow. I'm going to wrap this guy up, put a bow on it. I'm going to go enjoy my last night here in Palm Springs. Drive back tomorrow. I'll be back for the Tuesday edition Lockdown Rams. Don't miss it. But with that, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.